Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate. Every single week, I'm your host, Matt Bellasai. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Mary. Hey, Matt. Guess what? What? It's almost my birthday next month. I swear to God, <laughs> if we start this shit a month out, I will burn down the studio. I will burn it to the ground! Anyway, today we're kicking things off, as usual, with Worst Things First, where I shout about the worst news of the week. After that, we're diving deep into idiots. You know, the kind of people who announce their birthdays a month in advance. You're welcome. I recently had an aggressive run-in with a certified idiot, and it sent me spiraling, so I'm taking you along for the ride. And finally, we've got the one and only Anna Dresden as our guest complainer. Anna is a comedian and author. She's an editor for Reductress, and she writes on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Ever heard of it? Fashion coward? Guy who just bought a boat? She's behind those sketches and so much more. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's pass out some dunce caps and start the show. All right. Worst things first. The worst news of the week. First, a 65-year-old woman in Florida, (laughs) only in Florida, heard a noise and saw a man trying to break into her car. So she did the most logical thing and took out a softball bat and beat the shit out of him. (laughs) (laughs) And guess what? She did such a good job that the burglar ran away without his pants, shirt, or socks. What was he doing in that car? (laughs) I don't know how she used a softball bat. I also like how they specify softball bat. Like, 
anyone knows Like a the woman difference. would have a baseball bat? No, if you're a woman, you play softball. A 65-year-old woman lifting a bat, a baseball bat? I don't think so. Oh, now I've heard everything. But I love that she beat the shit out of him so hard that he lost all of his clothes. I don't understand how you beat the clothes off of someone. It's impressive. Also, it says he was a five foot six, 300-pound man. I love this quote. She said, I took that bat and hit him upside the head like Pia. <laughs> and adding that the five foot six, 300 pound man said, ow. <laughs> just, a, just an ow. I love the, the color of this story. It's vivid. It is vivid. Next, a five-year-old Michigan boy decided he wanted McDonald's, but his grandmother was asleep. So what did he do? He called 911 <laughs> and asked the dispatcher, can you bring me some McDonald's? <laughs> this isn't worse things first. This is just a genius. Hero. This kid yeah. for president. 2020. Anyway, the dispatcher was like, um, no. But she told the police because that was that's what she has to do. And the responding officer ended up stopping at McDonald's anyway. So it fucking worked. Wow. Rude. He said, I'm driving past McDonald's on my way there and I might as well get him something. That is teaching that kid a terrible lesson. <laughs> he's he's going to become a teenager. He's going to get high, get the munchies and be like, oh, let me just... Let me just call 911 and get us some freaking snacks. Yeah, but also, like, listen, you, you're a dumb piece of shit, this <laughs> five-year-old, because Uber Eats exists. <laughs> Seamless. Grubhub. Yeah, but you have to tip them. Yeah, I bet he didn't even tip 911. Wow. I bet, I bet this officer paid for it himself. Yeah. The officer said that the first thing the boy said to him when he arrived was, my grandma's going to be so mad. Can you please go away? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I say to all the men who come to my house. <laughs> my grandma's going to be so mad. Can you please go away? <laughs> That's my aim away message. <laughs> Next. Um, great news. This is also not a worse things first. A so-called academic in Kuwait, where gay sex is criminalized, claims that she found the cure for homosexuality. We did it, kids. <laughs> Yes, we've eradicated it once and for all. What is it? The woman, uh, Dr. Mariam, said, this is science, so there is nothing to be ashamed of. Good. The sexual urge develops when a person is sexually attacked, and afterwards it persists because there is an anal worm that feeds on semen. Yeah, that makes so much more sense now. I can't believe none of us, yeah, we hadn't discovered this before. Yeah. So what she's saying is that you get attacked, and there a worm is planted in your booty. Yes, in your booty hole. And then that booty worm is like, I just need to come. <laughs> I need all the come. <laughs> uh, also, just assuming that every gay person is a bottom. Yep. <laughs> um, also, don't know what it means for lesbians. No, yeah, I think it's the opposite worm. Mm, that makes yeah, more sense. Yeah, it's like if if I think about come for even a second, I'll die. <laughs> so I can't. I can't think about it at all. Yeah. I don't. It doesn't really explain how she plans on curing it. I guess she's she just figures we'll figure out how to deworm ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But um, I feel like I'll, I'm fine with leaving my worm in. Yeah, um, it's a, it's your little buddy. What is he doing wrong? Nothing. Except eating delicious semen all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Every day. 
I guess she was on uh, the version of like The View in, in Kuwait, mm-hmm. but it's way worse because mm-hmm. it's just like a platform to spread propaganda about how same-sex marriage and desires are evil. Yay. Yeah. I know. They quoted some person. And Whoopi's not like, on it, so who even cares? <laughs> yeah. They quoted some person being like, yep, this is literally what the Nazis did uh, in an attempt to criminalize and cure homosexuality. So, yeah, this is why we need to accept the gay anal worms. Normalize them. And finally, this is also a Florida story only in Florida. A large... Flightless bird was responsible for killing its owner earlier this month, and now you can buy it for yourself. Ooh! Congrats! Along with about a hundred other exotic animals that once belonged to Marvin. Mm, sounds like maybe Marvin had it coming then. Oh, he is dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, have you? Did you see that he was a seventy-five-year-old man? He fell on a path near the enclosure of his two cassowaries, which is a type of flightless bird, and apparently it's like the deadliest bird ever to exist. Why own it? It straight up looks like a dinosaur. There were pictures on Twitter of its claws, and it looks like a raptor claw. Yeah. And it fucking murdered this man, this 75-year-old man. And now his soul lives in both of them. <laughs> they are his... Horcruxes? Horcruxes. You stupid piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> they are his horcruxes. And if you murder both of them, you'll set him free. Or we bring him back. Ooh. But he won't be himself. Mm-mm. He'll be a, a shell of himself. Anyway, uh, according to the Gulf Coast Livestock Auction, you too can own one of these two large flightless birds that murdered their owner or any of the hundred other exotic animals that he owns. This is a premier breeding collection of animals and a rare opportunity to be offered at public auction. Well, what are we doing still in the (laughs) studio? Let's go. My flights are booked, honey. Anyway, that's it for Worst Things First. Next, we are diving deep into a bunch of idiots because they're out there and they need to be dragged. So let's get into it. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. All right. Well, Liz Lemon may have been forced to apologize for insulting idiots, but I will not. Because idiots are the reason for all the world's suffering. I would go as far as to say all of the world's suffering, but especially mine. I flew back from Chicago last night into LaGuardia Airport here in NYC. Um, Queens, to be exact. Okay? I check luggage. You know why? Because I have a lot of creams and lotions that I don't have the time to put into a bunch of tiny bottles. Also, the fucking TSA agent will let me walk through unmolested. I check a bag because I fly Southwest and I go to Chicago and they have a free check bag with every ticket. Okay? Okay. I'm mad at you. <laughs> we fly. I get there. First of all, my flight is delayed by an hour. Oh okay? my God. Son of a bitch. 
to start off with. Second of all, my mom made spaghetti for dinner and I smelled like garlic. And I hate when she makes spaghetti because she fucking fries the garlic on the stove. And then all of my clothes, all of my clothes smell like garlic. I was like, Debra, can we please not make spaghetti the day I have to get on an enclosed airplane with a bunch of other passengers? Even though no one sat next to me on the flight, mission accomplished. I'm Listen, I'm flying high, literally, okay? We're in an airplane. I got the seat and the Southwest airplane where there's no seat in front of you, so you can lounge the fuck out. There's no one next to me. My dick is out, okay? No one sees. And the flight attendant was like, are you Matt? And I was like, oh, no. And he he was like, I love your work. I was like, thank you so much. And then the other flight attendant spilled ginger ale on me. That was sticky. Anyway, three hours later, we land. I get to the airport. I usually like sitting towards the middle of the plane because by the time I get off, I go to the bathroom. I get down to the luggage. My luggage should be out. Okay? It's it's perfectly timed. You're strategic. I get to the the luggage carousel, the luggage Ferris wheel. Okay? Mm -hmm. And the luggage is coming out. And I wait and I wait and all of the luggage comes out. The belt stops moving and my fucking luggage is not there. What do I see? A piece of luggage that looks exactly like mine. So right away, I'm like, son of a fucking bitch. Some motherfucker took my fucking luggage because they thought it was their fucking luggage and they didn't fucking check the fucking tag. But there were a bunch of other people still waiting for their bags. So I was like, maybe, just maybe, my bag is still yet to come. Nope. The Southwest person was like, this is all of them, sir. So then I go up to the other bag and there was a number on it. And so I see the number and I'm like, why don't I just call this person and see if they pick up? And so I called the number and they were very hard to hear. I was like, uh, did you just fly from Midway to LaGuardia? And this fucking person says, I don't know, did Kevin just fly his dick into your mouth? <laughs> I swear. I was like, what? That's the most aggressive thing to say. Literally, he, he said, did Kevin just fly his dick into your mouth? One more time for the people. Did Kevin just fly his dick into your mouth? Wish yes. So I hung up because I was like, okay, clearly I called the wrong number and that was wrong. So then I Google the person's name and like the beginning of their number and they a page comes up from their school and it's an 18-year-old child. <laughs> and I realized, nope, that was the person. <laughs> He's just a fucking idiot. (laughs) So then I had to wait in line for Southwest and I talked to the person. I walk up and I was like, yeah, my bag is missing, but I'm pretty sure this motherfucker has it. And I told him, I was like, I called him and he's some teen who like told me to fuck off. And the lady was like, oh no. So she calls him and I'm standing there and she is like, trying to talk to this person and clearly having the same issue that I'm having. And she's like, sir, this is Southwest Airlines. You stole someone's bag. (laughs) We have your bag here. You have to come back. Then he hangs up on her. She looks at me and she's like, "Um, he just hung up on me. So she calls him back. Finally, she's like, sir, put an adult on the phone. His dad gets on the phone, I guess. (laughs) And his dad is like, well, do we have to come back right now? 
And she was like, yes! You don't have your stuff! You stole someone's bag! She was like, this gentleman, me, referring to me as a gentleman. That you are. She was like, this man is at the airport with your luggage. (laughs) Bring yours back. Long story short... No way to do that now. (laughs) She took my info. The guy said he would bring it back. The teen said he would bring it back in a half hour. And then Southwest would bring it to me. I did get my luggage back eventually. My favorite part of all of this is that the Southwest employee called me once they had my bag. And she said he looked exactly like he sounded on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, thank you so much. I know because I already found his Instagram. Anyway, it got my blood boiling over fucking idiots in society because this type of idiocy not only cost me like three hours of my life, more like 45 minutes, but uh, it cost me, it felt like three hours of stress. It made me think about all the other idiots in society who are bringing down my morale. So let's go through our quick list of fucking idiots. First, people who don't put the shopping carts back in the shopping cart cage. You fucking monster idiot. When I was at home in Chicago, I went to the grocery store and I tried to put it in the shopping cart cage Uh and I pushed it, but it was so fucking windy outside. Never heard of that in my life. Windy, windy in Chicago. In Chicago? What are you talking about? I've never heard of that. That's With crazy. my beef sandwich and my sausage. And your portillos? My portillos cake shake. Should we do a whole episode <laughs> like this? <laughs> no. I said, the bears are going to lose. <laughs> we got so much snow. I don't even, I think I lost it somewhere <laughs> in there. Um, I tried putting the cart in. I like threw it in. And then I turned around and this huge gust of wind blew like three more carts out of the thing. Oh, my God. You could have died. Yeah. The speed with which they were moving was fatal. It was deadly. And then every time I would wrangle them and put them back... Uh, a new gust of wind would send even more of them out. It was like a fucking game. And then there was this car full of people just laughing at me. (laughs) (laughs) I was being a good Samaritan and not letting the carts just roam free. (laughs) I was was a fucking sheepdog. A a chopping cart dog. Just rough, rough roughing my way around the parking lot. Finally, I was like, they were still for five seconds and I ran away. (sighs) The problem is, not enough people put them in the fucking carts. They leave them. Also, talking about grocery stores, if people who don't want an item anymore and they just drop it wherever they are, no! I go back (laughs) to the area it came from. I will go, I will drive back to the store and put (laughs) it back on the shelf. At the very least, just save it and then give it to the cashier because they usually have a little bucket where they they throw away all the unwanteds. Mm Mm-hmm. That's my that's my bucket. Anybody who still puts their carry-on baggage in the wrong way in the overhead compartment. This is basic shape sorting techniques. <laughs> we teach this to babies. How the fuck can't your adult brain comprehend that a rectangle goes in the long way? Unacceptable. Next! Dentists, when they try to talk to you with their fingers in your mouth. <laughs> Guess what, bitch? 
I'm not answering your fucking questions, okay? I'm not that skilled in oral to be able to hold a full conversation about how my year is going because I haven't seen you. Well, in more like, like five, five years. years. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have the time, okay? Do a little scrapey scrape, pokey poke, and I'll be on my way. Or anybody who tries to speak to you when you're on the phone. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. That is the social signal for leave me the fuck alone. That is my one problem with AirPods is that I don't think it sends a strong enough message that I am unavailable. But then it's fun because you can just put your hand to your ear and then your other hand you like point to them and you're like, I'm on the phone. It doesn't really work as well um, in audio, but visually just like, no, I'm like doing this very cool motion. It makes me look a boss lady. No, it doesn't. Uh, I I think I'm becoming someone who uses AirPods to have phone conversations in public, and I don't like it. One of my least favorite things is when people just keep AirPods in their ears, just like constantly. Like, what are you doing? Just take them out of your ears. Yeah. Let me speak to you. Right. You're not listening to anything. I at least will like hold the phone up to my face so people know I'm talking, even though there's no reason to do that. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's all psychological. Anyway. Next. Honestly, just slow walkers in general. Like people who say it's about the journey. It's not the destination. They're like, stop and smell the roses. There are no roses in fucking LaGuardia Airport, okay? This is a public bathroom that just so happens to have an active runway attached to it. I don't want to enjoy this goddamn journey. I would much rather enjoy my destination than appreciate even a single second of this journey. You're an idiot. That's what idiots say. And finally, people who have green bubbles on their phones. If you show up as a green bubble on my phone, you're an idiot. And I know that's me. This this episode sounds like it was brought to you by Apple because not only did I spend a, a significant amount of time talking about AirPods, now I'm just advocating for blue bubbles. But honestly, fuck race, fuck ethnicity, fuck uh, economic disparity. The real social lines are green bubbles and blue bubbles. And if you fall in the green bubble, you're an idiot. Yeah. Which I guess I am. You, if you, if you're a green bubble, like when society falls, you're who we're auctioning off to Hunger Games. We're going to make the green bubbles fight one another. Can't wait. Have fun. Here's a lion. And that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we got Anna Dresden in the stew right after this commercial break. Today's episode is brought to you by Smile Direct. Let's get something straight. Your teeth. Oh! Smile Direct Club straightens your teeth for 60% less than braces with invisible aligners sent directly to you. Here's how it works. You simply go online and book a free 3D scan at one of their smile shops. Or you can order an at-home impression kit. Then they'll email a preview of your new smile. And once you get your aligners, one of Smile Direct Club's duly licensed doctors will check in on your progress every 90 days. Visit SmileDirectClub.com for real before and after photos from some 550,000 plus satisfied grinners. And exclusive for our listeners, you can get $100 off your invisible aligners when you go to smiledirectclub.com slash podcast and use offer code unhappy. 
You'll also get a $25 Amazon gift card with a free 3D scan at one of their smile shops or a $25 rebate on an at-home impression kit. That's $100 freaking dollars off at smiledirectclub.com slash podcast offer code unhappy. smiledirectclub.com slash podcast offer code unhappy. You'll want to smile more after using this code, let me tell you. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetterHelp. If there's something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp Online Counseling can help. BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who are specialized in all the issues you want to talk about. They got counselors who specialize in depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem, and more. You can connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. You can get help at your own time and at your own pace. Don't worry, everything you share is confidential. Plus, it's so convenient. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions as well as chat and text with your therapist from your own couch. And if for some reason you're not happy with your counselor, guess what? You can request a new one at any time for no additional charge. Cost can be a big barrier when it comes to therapy, but best of all, BetterHelp is a truly affordable option. Unhappy Hour listeners even get 10% off your first month with the discount code UNHAPPY. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com unhappy, fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs, and get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com unhappy. My guest complainer today is comedian, writer, actor, Anna Dresden. She is a writer on SNL, the editor-at-large for Reductress, and has written two books, How to Win at Feminism by Reductress and How May We Hate You, Notes from the Concierge Desk. Welcome, Anna. Hi. How's it going? Oh my God, it's so good. I wasn't sure if you were going to do the whole beginning of the podcast before this, but then that wouldn't make any sense. There are people who do when you're a guest on their podcast and they they just have the guest sit there while they record the entire introduction. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> Think about taking a vacation up in that sort of yeah, it's fun. Sometimes everyone has their own approach to podcasting. Mine is we launch right into it, mostly because the studio starts getting real warm, and I like you know not sweating as much as possible. It is slowly filling up with water, which I think is a good. Um, <laughs> It's a good, like, time management tool. That's what we like to add a little bit of, like, life-threatening urgency to uh, <laughs> our interviews. <laughs> so by the end of it, we, we will be Jack and Rose. And... Let me tell you about my process. <laughs> no! <laughs> as you take a, your last breath. Oh, my God. As I um... hug my Macy's husband <laughs> on our bed. So we like to start off by asking everybody, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Okay, this is a very vulnerable thing to talk about. Okay. I hate, what if I said myself? Like, everyone loves me. <laughs> that would be a true oh humble my God. brag, yeah. What, and you're like, I'm in here with a full monster. Um, I hate pictures. Just I think photography should be illegal. I think we should go back to Scrimshaw. I think Scrimshaw was a system that worked. Yeah. This is like so, it's annoying to talk about social media as if it's 
you know, a problem. But like, I feel like we're all living for Instagram in a way that I uh, don't feel prepared for yeah. ever. I don't ever want to look nice. I don't look nice now. <laughs> I don't want to. Beautiful. Thank you. I'm wearing good clothes. Um, yeah. And I, I scrubbed myself today. <laughs> but uh, I don't. Real 18th century standards. I for bled. I just me and lie in a cold bucket <laughs> outside my apartment. I just don't. I hate it. I When you do podcasts and they're like, let's take a picture. I'm like, what do you think this is? I got ambushed recently where I, I was told I was going in for a radio interview and I got there. Not only was it on camera, but it was live. It, there was no. a, a live thing. Oh, like a YouTube stream? Yeah. That's evil. Which like... At best, I was like, okay, this is a stream, like, and it was in Michigan. <laughs> so, like, they're they're not going to get a clear picture of me. This will be a very blurry stream. Oh, yeah. Uh, but still, Like it's a not crystal great. radio stream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That level. Exactly. No, so all all photography is, is bad. I think it's done. I think we stepped too far. I think it's a mistake. I think we should draw pictures. Um, I don't want to have memories. I do. I'm that person who like goes on vacation and all my pictures are of like landmarks and like dogs and stuff. And, yeah. Like, yeah. I hate getting pictures of myself. I don't I don't want picture to disagree with me about you know it's like when you think you look nice and then a picture's like mm, right. no, but Let's you didn't. I don't like reality. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to know about it. And a picture feels unfair. Yeah. I do think that like on stage pictures are particularly aggressive. Because I'll go on stage thinking like this is this is me at my best. Like I put yeah. effort into what I look like up here. So if I look bad doing this, there's really no hope. I think about that all the time where I'm like, I look a hundred percent the best I possibly could. <laughs> Hair good, makeup good, body in clothes, good job. Yeah. And then I'll look at a picture and be like, Oh, it's probably because I'm really dumpy lately. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Just revisionist history. Instantly. I do miss though having not. I mean, also I was like a little literal child when this technology was was rampant. But like, I miss having you take a picture and then you would wait like weeks to be disappointed. By the best. It. Yeah. I now would... it's just like immediate disappointment. Oh, it's bad. I don't think it's good. The woman who did my makeup for the Emmys this year. Huge brag. I work for network television. <laughs> Stand up straight when you see me. <laughs> but uh, she she like will post pictures of people and she's been posting a ton of pictures of clients for Coachella. Uh -huh. She does people's full face of makeup just for going to Coachella. These are not oh. musicians. They're not performers. They're doing full face of makeup that will stand up to the desert and then like... I guess for Instagram. First of all, I would love to know what kind of makeup withstands like the desert heat. I think it's similar to award show makeup where like they shellac it on. <laughs> There's like nothing like it. Even like moisturizer, I will sweat. It comes out of my pores when I put it on. Your body rejects help. <laughs> Just yeah. everything. Everything I attempt to slather oh, same. on my face. In the summertime, there's like no hope for anything. No, I fully hate every photograph that's come out of Coachella. I don't understand like... Suddenly we have a music festival and fashion goes forward like 70 years into the future. It's like Burning Man for people who don't want to camp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like 
Congrats on having a small body and a dad who's an orthopedist. (laughs) (laughs) That's Burning Man without camping. That's what happens. I don't like it with like none of the spiritual aspects at all. (laughs) Right. None of the like life affirming. The teachings of Burning Man. Yeah. I don't know. I just I can't deal with either of it. I'll watch Beyonce and that's that's about it. Have you seen Homecoming? Yeah. I I, I haven't seen the documentary, but I saw night one of her performance in it. Were you there? No, no, no. no. Oh. I I was there at Bo and Yang's laptop. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it is. It is. The documentary is the entire Coachella performance, plus like about a half hour of like behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love her. I'll do, I'll do anything for her. I always said if Beyonce came to the office that I worked in, I would set myself on fire so she would notice me. Like, that's your one chance. I say this all the time, that I would blow my brains out in front of Jake Tapper if I ever saw him so that he would know it was for him. I am always curious. Yeah. You you get to interact with some some celebs on SNL, I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. Like, is there anybody that you would be like, I f- fuck this. I'm like shooting my shot. This is my one chance. Sexually? <laughs> I guess. Um, <laughs> I mean, Jake Tapper, it sounds like. <laughs> I I feel like if Andy Garcia hosted the show, I'd have to call out a work sick. <laughs> like I can't guarantee I would be professional. Yeah. I always think like, you know, I'd like to think I keep my shit together around celebrities. But there are some people where I'm like, I'll never see you again. We'll never interact in any like meaningful way besides this moment. So I need to like go for it and like say what I need to say. I just like don't ever have that impulse because I hate myself. I, no, I don't. I'm like... <laughs> we need. I, this is going to turn into like a pep rally for oh you. Oh my God. No, leave me like... alone. Let me be sad. That's all I want. I don't want to be happy. I want it to be okay that I'm sad. Okay. Um, I'm fine. I'll support you Thank either you. way. Um, but with famous people, I like... I get nervous because they... It's important to interact well, and I don't interact well normally (laughs) with regular people. So it's like varsity level human interaction, which stresses me out. But like, I don't, I don't ever have the urge to like get an autograph or a picture because I'm like, you're busy. Like, you're, what I've just realized is that like they're basically Mickey Mouse. Like, they go to work and they are the character, but it's like whoever they are. Right. Um, And it's, it just helped me be less freaked out. And I'm like, oh, your job is. You know, to Ryan Gosling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting way of thinking about it. I'm yeah. really interesting. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I can't help it. <laughs> I, it reminds me though of that John Mulaney bit about Mick Jagger where he's like pitching jokes. It is John Mulaney, right? Probably. Did a bit about how like when Mick Jagger was on SNL, he would like, John Mulaney would pitch jokes to him and Mick Mm -hmm. Jagger would go, not funny. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. (laughs) Funny. Like, yeah. That's wild. I have yet to have a host who did that in the pitch meeting. Yeah. (laughs) I've heard... Yeah. I, it, it seems like a scary thing to be like, here's you are a famous person and I'm going to pitch these things to you and hopefully you'll find them funny. But can I tell you, this is my third year and like only recently has pitch been not the most terrifying, awful moment of my week. Yeah. Like my stomach <laughs> hurts. My hands are like full of water. I just... Because it's you're sitting and you're like, here's a thing that I think is funny. Also, you are a thousand times more attractive than I am. (laughs) And this maybe isn't even funny. And your job is to be pretty. My job is to be funny. And I'm dumpy. And then if I'm dumpy and not funny, 
I'm still sitting on the floor. You dig? You know, <laughs> there's like, no hope. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's gotten less terrifying. Yeah. I think when I first got hired, I didn't know enough to be scared. And right. I was like, right. oh, this is kind of fun. I'll say something. It'll be funny. Mm-hmm. Um. It's like being in a laser maze, but like with the lights on and there's no fog. So you're like, oh, everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. But now you're in the dark. Now I'm like doing Catwoman shit. Yeah. But now um, you now you have no, those few good. years under your belt. Now yeah. you know. I think about that like if you're performing on stage and there's like a hot person like visibly in the audience, it's like it makes you nervous. Like why are you, I don't know why are you here? I know it, it, the the I don't like power imbalances like status shifts where I'm like (laughs) you should be up here right I should be there I did like a small little bit uh, at a show recently and I was talking about burpees you know Mm -hmm. like the fitness move I've heard of them (laughs) and um, this guy in the front was like do one and first of all I knew who he was because I've seen his entire ass on Instagram I was like you can't you're fucking gorgeous you can't yell at me to like do a push up (laughs) Exercise. You look like, yeah, like you, this is what you do. Awful. <laughs> I'm doing what I do. Yeah, I don't like that. Ugh. It is weird. I have a thing as a stand-up that is left over from like what I learned in acting classes uh-huh. in like high school, which is like you don't look at the auditioners in the eye. You look over their heads. And I still, that's like a bad habit I have is like not looking at anyone and just looking over their heads like I'm doing like <laughs> Night Mother. <laughs> yeah. What is what is your sort of like comedy origin story? I, I assume most funny people have some type of like traumatic childhood (laughs) this is your like superhero yeah i had like a good childhood um yeah i think my older brother had a lot of medical appointments to go to sure my whole childhood so like and i was i sort of came out fine my parents were like great if you could just hold still and raise yourself you can live in the house that would be great we'll celebrate your birthday Uh um we're gonna be over here (laughs) um so i think it was like a attention-seeking uh, kind of thing. Yeah. And I was, I liked writing a lot as a kid. I feel like such a douchebag talking about myself. <laughs> like, how did I find my way to this funny little mountaintop? I mean, I think it's interesting. Yeah. But, and I also relate. I feel like that, that is similar to, to my story. Yeah. 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 A brother who was going to the doctor a lot. Yeah. And I was doing my thing. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we all have our hobbies. <laughs> His was having neurological issues yeah. and learning disorders. Right, yeah, um, totally. And mine was being myself. Uh, yeah, I like did a skit at summer camp that mm-hmm. people laughed a lot at, and I, I think that warped me permanently, and it was like, that is my baseline, is everyone else quiet except for laughing. Right, right. And me screaming. <laughs> Have you ever like bombed on stage? Never. <laughs> Never. Um, college show uh, in the Deep South, and it was like a school that it was like a commuter school that had like an eighty percent acceptance rate, something like that. And mm-hmm. like the kids, they like hadn't brought any comedy there ever, and I feel like they just didn't watch. It like takes you a couple times getting used to like watching live performance to be like, what is this? Yeah. But um, I was headlining. I was doing an hour and they didn't have an opener booked. So the opener was uh, kids running out on stage who were in the boys and girls basketball team. (laughs) 
with uh, Maroon 5 maps bumping in the background as they threw free T-shirts to a screaming crowd. And then they all sat down on the front of the stage with maps by um, Maroon 5 playing slightly quieter and talked about their upcoming basketball games. And then they got up and walked out and the music cut out. And then the audio technician got on and said, Anna Dressing. To silence. It was like heavily during midterm, so there were like twenty kids there, uh-huh. and nothing I said they had anything in common with. No one wanted to hear it. The kids in the student activities board were sitting in the front row heckling me. <laughs> it's like, oh no, no, no. They were like truly just muttering to each other, making each other laugh. And I got through an hour of material in I think twenty five minutes. Nice. Yeah. And then I just did a Q and A for like twenty minutes. <laughs> But it w- it's shocking how quickly you go through material when you're bombing because right. there's just no laughing. Right, right. Yeah, there's no you. You just you're basically just reading a script in your mind. Oh yeah. Well, it feels psychotic too, and I'm like self conscious now that I'm not like getting loaded and doing like improv basement shows. Right. Uh, and like, oh, we all do it. It's fine. Now that I'm like more of a grown up. Uh, yeah. It feels insane already to go on stage. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> listen to me perform. It just feels embarrassing to have people know that I do that. But like, and then when no one's laughing, it's like, who? I had two parents who loved me. How did I end up here? <laughs> I was reading, uh, I think it must have been an interview you did with like a college uh-huh. paper. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Wreck About like, yeah, shows at colleges, which I like, I've done a lot of college stuff and it's, it's always, I feel like, Comedy at colleges gets such this weird reputation because they, like, warn you not to talk about things and, like, it's going to be, like, this, like, weird space where you have to censor yourself. And it's, like, first of all, I've never felt that way. I've never felt like I, like, couldn't talk about something. There was one college show I did where I found out, like, 24 hours beforehand I I had to do an entirely clean set. And I was like, well, that's just not going to (laughs) happen. There's not enough time for me to, like, make an hour's worth of stuff that does not include, like, (laughs) blowjobs. To me, blowjob, the word blowjob is TV clean. I don't understand. It should be. It's not. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But the, like, president of the university was in the front row, and every time I said something horrible, I, like, had to make direct eye contact with it. I was like, there's no, I got the check. So you just did your regular Basically, I, like, tried to, I tried to rein it in a little bit, but I was, I was like, I, like, I don't know. I don't know what you expected. I've never been told I had to work clean, and I don't think that the kinds of colleges that would want someone clean would book a woman comedian anyway. <laughs> when they're, they're like, could you just work clean? It's like, could you just be Brian, like a man, a man named Brian, please? Yeah. This is a wild left turn, but it was your dog's birthday. Yes! <laughs> Love that transition. Welcome. No, it was a welcome turn. Yeah. So your dog, Ladybird? That's correct. Named not after the movie. No. But after the, the first, first lady. lady. Yeah. She was rescued on President's Day, so the... Oh, rescue wow. named her and all of the other dogs who were rescued after first ladies and That's presidents. Nice. It was cute. Yeah. And she also just seemed so much like a ladybird. And there was like a three week lag time before I got her. So it was like, oh, ladybird's coming. Lady, like I had already thought of her as that name for a while. Right. Right. So all of the dogs at this rescue were named after presidents and first ladies? Yes. So like <laughs> it was cute because some of them were like Dolly and Eliza. One of them was Lavinia. I forget whose wife. I think that might have been James K. Polk's wife. 
Um, Sounds right. We don't fact check. There were no like Reagans or Nixons, which I do think is a waste, but (laughs) I think it was mostly girl dogs. I do think, especially in a city where you're probably like taking the dog to like a dog park or at least like out in public, like it does, you probably are going to say that dog's name to strangers more than you would in like the suburbs oh yeah like we could absolutely like our family dog we could have called that dog anything and like we are the only ones like people are always conscious like oh you're gonna be shouting that name and it's like well probably not yeah you only see your neighbor's dog in the suburbs if something bad happens (laughs) your house is on fire and they brought it out yeah. Um, or they're shouting its name into the fire. Right. Because it's still in there. Or the dog has set the fire. <laughs> and they're yelling at it. The dog is standing on the roof holding a matchbook. <laughs> gasoline. A gasoline can. Ugh. And he's looking at them like, I dare you. Yeah. Because the week before, he took out uh, an insurance policy on the house yeah. in his name. Yeah. And he's he's going for it. He's going for it. And they're like, Ronald? <laughs> if, you if you light that match. Light that match. No more salmon treats. Zero. Um, <laughs> what, what is the process of going into getting, like, were you like, I need my own dog? Truly, like, I've been dying for a dog since I was 20 when my childhood dog died. And he wasn't even a great dog. Like, he just sort of was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sobbed for two weeks after he died. Um, and then started working at a... Um, dog groomer which I think is the plot of a lifetime movie like oh my daughter died and now I'm a babysitter (laughs) right you start calling the the dogs by your old dog's name yeah dyeing their hair and you're like you can't do that it was a full Greta um but yeah I've been wanting one for a while and then what happened was so I got hired at SNL which is like oh I'm very busy but like I'm not working for the internet anymore, so I can like afford to have cheese in my house if I want to. So right. like, I could probably have a dog. And then, but I was very hesitant, and like that was kind of a big thing growing up. Was like, no, don't do that. Just stay still. No, don't do that. Yeah. Um. So I'm a very hesitant person. But then I think it was the day that Trump sent like that giant bomb to uh Syria, sure, I think, or Afghanistan. Sure, sure. It wasn't an. It was like a missile of yeah. some sort. And then I was like, oh, we could all be vaporized tomorrow. And I don't want to be vaporized having never gotten a dog. <laughs> so then I applied for her. And she was uh, a little dog, which is rarer than big ones, I feel like. Or the little ones go faster. Oh, I see. Um, And then uh, her whole description was like, no coded language that means this dog is horrible. It was all like, this dog rolls. Yeah. And her picture, she had a blurry tail. Because she was wagging. <laughs> love that. Love her. And then I met her at the um, the people, the Fosters. It was like three 24-year-old girls living in a beautiful brownstone in Bed-Stuy. And they were all wearing like crop tops and giant Levi's and like had houseplants and stuff. And I was like, <laughs> this is such a wild vibe. But she like immediately got up from her little bed where she had been hiding. She was so scared when she got there. And then she ran over to me and licked my face and then went over and ate her whole bowl of food and then came back and sat in my lap. Nice. I just 
cried. You inspire. You inspire hunger. I do. I let her know it's safe here. (laughs) Yeah. She was like, oh, my God, there's all these like hot young girls. I just had puppies. I can't eat in front of these bitches. (laughs) Um, Okay, we're going to play a a game called Elaborate, which is um, where we get you to elaborate on some of the things that you've said you've you hate on Twitter. Uh, Basically, we just searched the word hate on your Twitter. That's so fun. <laughs> um, and I want you to explain it. I hate when tea bags have little messages like savor the moment, like shut up, dumbass, you don't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> just r- reading the tea I bag hate that I'm laughing teller. at my own tweet on a podcast that is hateful um, I don't remember saying that I a little bit do yeah there is the people who write like tea bag phrases they go off savor the moment like which moment are you talking about I'm at work <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Think about most of the time that you're actually drinking tea. It's not necessarily a moment of peace. Yeah. I I just don't uh I don't want to be talked to by an object. Yeah. Or I that's this is what I'm talking about. I hate um wellness shaming. Like you need mm, it seems like you need to meditate or like <laughs> have you tried reiki or like not even like that. I think that's more of an LA thing but like relax. Like, I yeah. don't I don't like having anything tell me to alter my mental state. That isn't something that I've sought out. Right. Right. Especially when it comes from a consumer product. I'm like, this is from like a giant tea company that probably participated in colonialism and like murder. <laughs> like, I don't need to be talked to. I guess. Are teas still the product of our colonialism? I think I say it's all linked. Celestial seasoning. Celestial seasonings has blood on its little bear paws. <laughs> and I will not drop this issue. Also, Dove chocolates, they still have shit on the inside. They do. That's yeah. right. One said, call your dad. It's like, <laughs> what an unbelievable swing. Yeah, I love that. Especially the like, yeah, they come in those little hearts. No. You get it as a Valentine's Day gift. That's no. assuming a lot about both of us, but I know um, <laughs> I get a lot of gifts from <laughs> especially men, especially for Valentine's Day. Men love buying me traditional gifts. Let's see what else. I got a dog because I hate talking to people, and now everyone talks to me because I have a dog. Yeah, that's the paradox. It's weird that I'm not married. <laughs> you would think a dog, a dog would be a good draw. No, every man who has a dog in my neighborhood is either in a relationship or recently out of one. Right. Okay. Um, (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. Not a whole lot of single men adopting dogs. I guess that's true in my experience now. I'm I'm running through. Yeah. Um, There's no like uh, phantom need to care for something. Right. I guess. I've been I've been like on on the apps recently mm-hmm. and um you know I'll always swipe on a dog. I'll swipe right on a dog. Oh yeah. But then if they like mention the dog within the first like two messages, it's a little much. Oh yeah, like, like what I kind know. of what kind of uh, mention? Where it's like, "Oh, I what did you do today? Went to the dog park." Okay, we get it. <laughs> Please chill. <laughs> Go to hell. Yeah, it just feels like bragging. That's nice. Um, Just a note. Just a note that I have for them. I love to eat, hate to chew. (laughs) (laughs) It's so much work. It is. Kale especially. The the amount of chewing required for kale. Yeah. You could chew for hours 
and you've barely made a dent. Oh, God. I ripped up the roof of my mouth on a salad the other day. I was like, how is this possible? Yeah, lettuce is getting harder. Lettuce is getting harder and science needs to do something about it. You'd think. No one is talking about this. The faster, yeah, the more we get into the future, we, we should be solving this. We need more farm subsidies because the lettuce is hard. Let's see. I could probs be a rockette, except I'm four foot tall and thick as shit and hate following the crowd. Also, I can't dance and smiling feels unnatural. <laughs> There's a lot here. Stupid. <laughs> what is following the crowd? Is that what happens at the rockette? They all, it's, um, what's it called? Precision dancing. So they all do. Oh, right, right. It's following a, the crowd as in yeah. the, your fellow dancers. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. God, I forgot. You, I hate that I've laughed at my tweets. <laughs> you have like to, a trap. Sometimes I do that. You know, you have a couple you just of drinks. Forget. Yeah. You go back through your Twitter, remember what you said. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about the text that I send late at night. Oh yeah. You wake up in the morning and you're like, let's find out. It's a little a little mystery from yourself to yourself. Hate to say this, but I gotta be me. <laughs> I I love to chomp on carrots. <laughs> so... <laughs> Can you tell that I spent a lot of time by myself? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. This exudes the energy of someone who's like at a party and you just like have this great thought about carrots that you need to, you need to fire off. A social butt. She's a social butterfly. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I, uh, I like carrots and guess who else likes carrots? Lady Lady Bird. Bird. (laughs) She likes it and dogs the way that they eat carrots is just heaven. Um, that was for Shrill. Uh, AD did a, like, it was a promo on um, Instagram where she was like, I love the open mouth joy of a dog eating a carrot. And then she just <laughs> fed the dog from the show a carrot and it's heaven. I don't know if I've ever, like, watched a dog eat a carrot. Um, this does feel like an ASMR slash, like, boutique porn thing to say, but I will make that video for you and I will post it later. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll look out for it. It's heaven. I'm trying to think. The closest is probably um, my mom would feed the family dog a pumpkin because <laughs> he had an like an anal issue. Like canned pumpkin <laughs> or like a pumpkin? Uh, yeah, like pureed pumpkin. Yeah, that's actually super good for dogs. It's supposed to help, yeah, like make their butthole not be gross. Yeah. It's butthole cleanser. Right, right. He had to have his anal gland squeeze. Yeah. It's shit like that that I hear where I'm like, "Mm, is it worth it? It's worth it. I don't even know. I don't still really don't entirely understand what an anal gland is. I don't either. I worked at a dog groomer and I had to do that, which (sighs) is bad. You're not supposed to let your groomers do that. But like you turn on the dryer (laughs) and then they'd express their anal glands because they were scared and then you'd have to wash them again. So that was the idea. But... I did not expect the conversation to go. Oh, my God. There's no good guys in New York. I can't get the hate juice out of my dog ass. There's no guys. Um, I think, yeah, at this point, if you're not putting that in, like, a Tinder bio, like, can squeeze your dog's anal gland or yours. Probably yours. I don't think people have them, but. I, I was going to say, yeah, don't. I don't think I've I've thought about it. All right. Well, before we let you go, where can people find you and your work? Um, they can find me and my work on Twitter.com. I'm at Anna Dresden. If you want to see pictures of my dog, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't think pictures should exist. but That's true. I am uh, famously bad at taking pictures, which <laughs> is something that I'm embracing in this year. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Anna Dresden. 
Amazing. Um, yeah, and I'll be at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival this nice. summer talking. Awesome. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad stuff go down easier. Starting with the shows we've been watching this week. Barry, what you been watching? I have been watching the second season, or it's part two of the first season, technically, of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Mm-hmm. It's not, I'm not as into it as I was. I just want that show to be better. But I, I, I still, I still enjoy it. But... I also have been catching up on Riverdale, and it has its ups and downs, but this end of this season has really just been up, up, and up. <laughs> I have just been loving it. It's been great. Um, but yeah, so, and and I, I put these together because they keep hinting that there's going to be some sort of crossover. There's been like, oh. uh, there you could see an Archie comic in a shot from Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And then in Riverdale, there's a character who has to leave is going to go live in Glendale. And that's where Sabrina is. And so like that part, I'm, I'm along for the ride. But, uh, but yeah, that's what I'm watching. How about you? Um, this week, when I was at home, my dad was rewatching Desperate Housewives oh. because it's on Hulu. And, uh, I think I'm going to have to go back and start from the beginning. That show I, is such a big deal. I I was obsessed with Desperate Housewives. It was a very formative show. I remember like seeing the promos for the first season of Desperate Housewives. <laughs> that used to be like the show I would not miss every single week. They came out with like a show book like a when when they used to come out with like books about mm-hmm, the show. Mm-hmm. Got that. Uh, that show had so much great on and off camera drama. Oh yeah. Also, finally finished Broad City. I watched the last season. I think it just ended like last week or within the last like month. Oh yeah, I haven't watched the new season at all. It's good. I think it's like a nice, sweet ending. Okay. What is your a non-TV chaser? Okay, so this is an internet meme thing, and I know that they're mostly silly, but I they do bring me joy and it's when people take (laughs) it's when people take the like this person as and then a random object or an animal or something Uh and um you know the the really really big one was the mariah carey as whisks and it was just like different colored whisks (laughs) and then opposed alongside outfits but my favorite one so far has been chelsea peretti as crocs (laughs) first of all did not realize the wide range of croc availability in this world Mm -hmm. so many crocs um but i don't know i don't know what it is about them i think it's the amount of time it must take that person to find all of those different photos of the celebrity but then also like does it start with the object or or did they see a photo and it really reminded them of something else? I just I don't know. It just gets me. I like them. I don't know. Yeah. Cuz that was kind of a format of like a BuzzFeed post. Yes. Yeah. Especially every award show. They would do like, here's what here's a bunch of inanimate objects that all of these celebrities looked like. And it was always so dumb, but they would perform so well. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> I guess me. we know why. <laughs> They're so fun. Anyway, that's the thing that I, I, I'm enjoying on the internet. And I guess I'm gonna use as my chaser this week. What about you? Uh my chaser is Lizzo again. Yes. Uh, but I've been listening pretty much exclusively in the last week to either Lizzo or Homecoming. Uh but 
the Lizzo album. I watched it, by the way. I watched Homecoming by myself. I just like danced around my apartment. I cried so many times. I finally finished it on the airplane to Chicago and I was like fully dancing in my seat. Oh, yeah. No, it's so fun to I like want to have a party where we just like have that on and we're just dancing anyway. Yes. I also yeah, fully want to learn the choreography. Oh, yeah. I also now that I like finally. Yeah. Even like some of the quotes, I was like, wow powerful stuff yeah (laughs) the the one that sticks with me i'll share please the one that sticks with me even though this is supposed to be about lizzo from homecoming is beyonce saying i wanted to be proud not just of the performance but of the process yeah and i was like fuck i think about that so much that's exactly how i feel about unhappy hour (laughs) (laughs) sure so much similarity between what we do here every week and, and homecoming. Uh, yeah, Beyonce's Coachella performance. <laughs> yeah, just thinking like I clearly like when I'm on stage, I I want to do a good job, but like so much of the work is like ninety percent of it is what happens before you get on stage, mm-hmm. and you want to be proud of that process and know that you put the work in beforehand, and like that that's what's more important. Mm-hmm. I mean, for her, it's about like creating it like a cultural moment that yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, like solidifies her place <laughs> as an as an icon. Um, yeah, and fundamentally changes music and society and culture. But you know, sometimes I tell dick jokes. <laughs> Anyway, Lizzo is fantastic. She's I just fantastic. love Lizzo so much. Um, I feel like she's one of the few artists where I like genuinely love every song that she makes. And I know it's also like her songs are all very relatable to me in yeah. this moment. Yeah. Soulmate, I think, is my fave. So good. Also, did you see the video of Tracy Ellis Ross singing along to yeah. it and dancing? Oh my gosh, amazing. Soulmate and Heaven Help Me, I think, are my two faiths very good and that's it beautiful thanks for listening to unhappy hour you can head to apple podcasts or spotify stitcher wherever you get podcasts hit that subscribe button then rate us review us but only if it's nice i don't want to hear no shit Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Media. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our editors are Dina Kleiner and Josh Gwynn. Music by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring today's episode. For whatever struggles you're facing, from depression and anxiety to trauma and grief, BetterHelp can connect you with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. It's so convenient you can schedule secure video or phone sessions, as well as chat and text with your therapist, and anything you share is completely confidential. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. Unhappy Hour listeners even get 10% off your first month with the discount code UNHAPPY, so why not get started? Head to betterhelp.com unhappy and fill out a questionnaire to get matched with a counselor you'll love today.